welcome. This is Mibbit Marketing and I am your host, Rachel Claver. I love helping small business owners become more confident and more capable with their marketing. So this podcast is all here to help you do just that. It's me and the help of some great guests helping you learn new skills, new strategies and ideas. Let's jump in and get started. Hello and welcome to episode 56 of the Mapit Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Claver. And before we go in and introduce to you today's guest, Jen Donovan, I wanted to suggest to you that you might want to try and have a look at my new book, Be a Spider, Build a Web. Today we're talking about content marketing and my book, Be a Spider, Build a Web, is all about content marketing. Until May the 31st, this book is on pre-order for only 29 New Zealand dollars and I've put a link to it in the show notes or you can go and check it out and download the free workbook that goes with it at beaspiderbuilderweb.com. Right, now let's get into introducing to you our lovely guest for today. Jen Donovan is an amazing speaker, marketer, strategist and coach. If it's about marketing, she wants to talk about it. Jen is has got three podcasts. I've actually been lucky enough to be on one of her podcasts, and she is a consummate professional when it comes to speaking and marketing. She wouldn't have slipped on her words like I just did just then. She also works and has a passion for rural Australia or rural businesses in particular, but especially Australian businesses and has a business where she helps promote small businesses that have struggled, especially during the pandemic, to get people near them. Her business um, helps go and train small business owners in all sorts of places. She's a regular at conferences and she is coming to talk to us and remind us about the human to human side of marketing and how to make your content easy. So um, I hope you enjoy this episode and remember, do come along to our Facebook group, Map It Marketing, if you'd like to talk about anything in this episode or anything marketing and go and check my book out, beaspiderbuilderweb.com. Let's get into talking to Jen. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Map of Marketing. I am your host, Rachel Plava. Thank you so much for being part of this show. I always forget to say thank you, and then the guests will shame me by thanking me, and then I'm like, oh my gosh, this is embarrassing. So thank you for being part of the show. We're going to be talking today to Jen Donovan. She is an amazing marketer. She owns a business called Social Media and Marketing Australia. And I have been had the privilege of being on her show. I'm so excited to be for her to be on my show today. Um, we're going to talk about all sorts of stuff about marketing. We've got a topic, but knowing us, we may go a little bit off, off, off the topic and get excited about something else. Um, but Jen, thank you so much for being part of Method Marketing today. Rachel, I'm really excited to come on and chat to you for the second time. Yes, it's going to be very awesome. fun to be able to do podcast swapsies and share, uh, you know, just wisdom with each other's audiences. Thank you. It is. It's so good. And so tell us a little bit about your business and what you do, because I know we do some things that are similar, but you also do things that are quite different to me. Uh, what, who do you work with and what sort of business do you do? Like what sort of things do you do with them? Yeah, so I obviously have a social media and marketing business. So the whole premise of my business is to help small business owners make marketing a priority. I find so often, and even myself occasionally, I have to admit, because I'm not perfect, it becomes a sometimes activity. And I just know the power of marketing. And if you don't do it, 
you know, the chances of you growing your business are really quite small or maybe you'll eventually get there, but it will take a lot longer than if you actually made marketing a priority, put effort and energy into it. It's that whole working on your business rather than in your business premise, I guess, you know, making time to do marketing. So I do that through um, workshops, uh, keynote speaking, guest speaking, um, running some mastermind programs, uh, and really, um, I guess I work for a lot of other people. So, um, you know, a local council or a government organization or a chamber or something might employ me to come and have a chat to their audience. Um, I find speaking is one of my favorite things and also a really great way of getting the message across to everybody. Um, I also have a side hustle because, you know, it's 2022 and I don't know who doesn't have a side hustle these days. Um, it's an online marketplace. So it's called Spend oh. With Us and it's Australia's answer to Amazon, but it's only for rural and regional small businesses here in australia yeah kind of started through the droughts and the bushfires and then of course you know little did we know there was a worldwide pandemic coming that would also sort of affect tourism and affect our small business owners here in rural and regional australia so um and a facebook group that goes with that that has that three hundred and sixty thousand people in it so that keeps me very busy um, I was excited to an interview with Tony from Social Project or the social, I don't know if you know her, but she's a marketer out in Broome. And she uh-huh. was talking about how for them, it was really surprising that COVID, um, you know, they lost a whole lot of people being able to come there, but actually it was one of the best things that happened to them in terms of local businesses, because they had to learn to go online. They had to learn to look out. They had to learn to see how they could not rely on tourist business coming in and doing that. And I, and I, I know we've seen that in New Zealand too. We've got a similar business. Uh, I don't, I, I don't run it. But we've got a similar Facebook group in New Zealand with a very New Zealand name called choice. Um, <laughs> and that, that's, that did a similar, thing over COVID and I think something that I really loved about what I saw in Australia and in New Zealand is this thing there where we went we can't leave our countries we're hemmed in but we can support the businesses in our countries and I think that's been a very special thing to watch over COVID. Yeah, absolutely. And certainly I live in a rural area myself and I've certainly found that not only did the business owners have to learn to market themselves differently, but consumers had to learn to act differently as well. So for me, uh, you know, for where I live, rather than traveling an hour out of town to go and get X, Y, and Z, they kind of had to sit back and go, well, where can I source that locally? Which gave our local businesses a great opportunity to showcase themselves, which hopefully then created you know, repeat customers even now when we can get out and about and travel again. And I do think that one of the things I've liked about it, you know, is that I interviewed someone a few weeks ago. He's going to be on about two weeks before you are on the podcast. And he's got a business called Little Beauties and they do dehydrated fruit. And he said we didn't even get an option to supply New Zealanders because it was so cheap to get overseas. But because now it's really hard to get things all the way to little old New Zealand and expensive, (laughs) they're now going, hey, you know, so I feel like there's so many awful things that happened by having a global pandemic, but then there's this beautiful flip side of us starting to understand the amazing things in our back garden, this backyard. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah. 
Yeah, and no, it's been awesome. So, well, I've got you on today uh, because I want to talk a little bit about something that you talked about in one of your podcasts, which is time poor marketing. But before we do that, um, and I am really naughty because I'm going to bring up something we talked about before and didn't ask your permission. So if you don't <laughs> want to talk about this, this is totally okay. I'm sorry, I should have warned you that I can do this. Um, but you mentioned before, because your business is called Social Media and Marketing Australia, you have a tremendously powerful and popular podcast. Like I know your podcast ranks really well. You get a lot of listens. You've been doing it. How long have you been doing it for? Uh, this is year four. Yeah, so you've been doing it for a long time, before, long before, you know, this is my first year. Today is my first year anniversary of my podcast. Oh, happy anniversary. Okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah, so, and it's a big thing, but four years is a long time to be doing a podcast and you are really well known for that. And you're known as your name, Jen Donovan. You've also got your speaking and all those sort of things. And we talked about that shift, like as a business or a rebranding as a personal brand. Um, and you said, you know, I'd like to have the brand be Jen Donovan more. Do you think do you think this is important for people who have got a training or a speaking side to have that name recognition? Do you think that is something that we often don't put enough time and effort in, in our marketing to think about when we're starting a business? Yeah, I do. I do think that. But I also think that it, it, it's, for me, it's about my growth. So when I first started um, Social Media and Marketing Australia, I, I just broken up in a partnership. I had another marketing partnership with another gentleman that ended quite abruptly. And so I was kind of like, I just need to start on my own, which was scary enough for me. And I wasn't, I remember building my logo and my graphic designer wanted to put social media and marketing with Jen Donovan. I'm like, oh no, don't put my name to it. Oh no, no, I don't want, you know, it, it you know, I'm not the face of the business, la, 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 la. Um, and, and slowly over time, you know, I think 12 months later, I'm like, let's change the logo and put Jen Donovan on it. And then it was kind of like, you know, let's do this and then let's do that. And then last year I kind of changed my Instagram to at Jen Donovan. I used to have at Jen Donovan. Now I have to have at Jen Donovan underscore someone oh, else stole it. <laughs> No, I totally feel this way. Yeah. I um, so I guess I've kind of grown into it. And one of my biggest subjects I talk about is that, you know, a marketing and business coach is human to human marketing and showing up for your audience. But I also have this great respect that we have to grow into it. It doesn't happen, you know, naturally. I always enjoyed speaking like as a, a marketer, certainly I only learned to speak at about 40. I did a course about public speaking. I'm 47 now. So I'm kind of still new to the industry in That's some ways. Awesome. But um, so for me, it was about growth. So I get that someone who perhaps does like speaking, but is still a little bit icky about being the front and center of their business. I guess I think it's really important, but I also think that if they're listening going, oh no, just give it time. You'll grow into your own brand or you will grow into the brand that you're supposed to have it, no matter where you sort of start. If you just give yourself, uh, you know, a little bit of room to sort of, I guess, acknowledge what's happening and acknowledge things inside yourself. So I don't think I could have ever started out with a Jen Donovan brand. I think I needed to grow into that brand. So I really love that because I came from a um, I was working for another company and they gave me a massive pay cut. So I started mine and I went through that same thing. I, I was at that time, I was just a solopreneur and I wasn't planning to even have a team, 
but I was very much, I don't want this to be a, a Rachel, at that stage it was Rachel Goodchild, a Rachel Goodchild brand. Part of it was because I was hoping that my my um, partner and I were going to get married. So there was a bit <laughs> of a thing of maybe my name's going to change because that's my ex-husband's name, you know. And so like, I didn't really want to have like my life having this Rachel mm. something. So it was partly that, but it also was that thing of, I felt like I had to have a brand name to look a bit more professional oh yes you know yes. and realize yeah. you don't is quite a liberating thing yes yeah and even like now like I well I've said already that I live in you know rural Australia I would never have told someone that five years ago you know the marketing business I had before we traveled the capital cities around Australia and did marketing to you know to bigger small businesses and I would never have told them I lived on a farm like I thought oh no they'll think what what can a girl who lives on a farm know so again I had to grow into my brand I had to trust myself I and I guess that comes from seeing you change other people's lives and you go oh okay it does work I I you know I really do know my stuff and then you learn to sort of embrace yourself so very similar um again you know just sort of where you start of course is not where you're going to end up as long as you let yourself do that but I'm very proud now to say that I you know I live in rural Australia Mm. but definitely not at the start I think this is so good because I do think this is part of that thing when people talk about authenticity, part of the issue they have with it is they're scared of, but what if people find out this thing, you know, like what about yeah. when I'm a solopreneur or what if people find out for me, I was like, for ages, I used to only film from like, um, the, like the low neck up yeah. in case people found out I was fat. I mean, they'd figure it out really early on anyway. Now I'm like grooving around. Like I did a dance <laughs> one, like a full body dance wearing like these brightly colored overalls. Cause I was like stuffy. I wear a road cone costume, which is not a flattering thing to wear on a body. Um, you know, because I'm like, actually it, that's part of it. And it's been the most liberating thing. I think the only thing I'd say to people who do hold back from that personal brand, and you'll probably agree with this, is that the more you step into yourself, the more this liberating thing that your world opens up, your whole thinking yeah. opens up. And it's just hard to step over to get to that point. Yeah. And it's little micro steps. I think I remember um, coming out, like I've met a lot of people online in the last two years and joined, uh, you know, quite a few networking groups, which were only online. And, and as we've got out and, you know, got to see each other in person, like I've been known to say on several networking events. Now, just letting you know, I'm five foot two and a size 16. If you had any illusions of what I look like, you know, from about the shoulders down, I'm just letting you know, because you you meet someone in person, you're like, Oh, wow. Okay. That's what you really look like. So <laughs> mine is I'm a lot more vivacious on video than I am in real life. I'm completely boring in real life or I have, because yeah. I'm introverted. So I, I hate networking events. Like I stress because there's so many other people. I like to have one person to talk to at a time and I'm great then. Um, and so I have to say to people, uh, if you see me at a conference, I'm going to be great on stage. But when you come and talk to me afterwards, I'm going to sound like I've got a drinking problem. I'm going to be slurring and I'm going to be really boring. And they go, no, you won't be. And then they come up and they start talking. And then like 30 seconds in, you can see this wave of, oh, she was right. Like, wave across her face. <laughs> the way I used it, and this is probably, we're probably getting way off track. So feel oh, free yeah, to edit like all this out. In networking events, I used to hate them. So I would always grab the sandwich tray or the cake tray and take it around. So that was my excuse. Yeah. 
to interrupt people's conversations. Um, but then some people thought I worked there, so that got a little bit <laughs> awkward. Yeah, we're all black while you're doing that. That would be bad. Eh? But yeah, that was my, I, I felt really awkward walking up to people it's I didn't know. So if I took food with me, um, yeah, that was like my icebreaker, I guess. So that's a little hint for anyone who doesn't uh, like networking. Even, Try that. Even if we don't, we are going to go back to the topic now, but even if we don't, I think that one tip is gold. Gold. Okay, so let's let's talk about um, time poor marketing. So, are you a question for this? Because I I was thinking about this this morning because I still do a lot of our marketing, and I do it not because we don't have a team to do. I, I've got a team to help, but I do it to remind myself what it's like to push against the time factors of everything else I've got to do. Do you mm-hmm. still do a lot of your marketing yourself, or do you have other people to help you? So I do a lot of my own original content. So uh, in fact, I do all my own original content. I do have virtual assistants that help me with my marketing, but their main purpose is to repurpose. So turn podcasts into blogs, turn blogs into short videos, turn this into that. So the original content is mine, uh, but it's their job to repurpose. Like my podcast, for instance, it gets released. And then three months later, the same episode, this like on social media, not re-release but you know on social media three months later you'll see the same one six months nine months so the Uh same episode sort of gets hit you know four times every year in case people miss it and it's kind of like oh you know a bit of a flashback to a previous episode so that's my virtual assistant's jobs is to repurpose the content that I'm already putting out there so yeah so basically I do do repost podcast and what a great idea I never do that I just go once the podcast is done it's done yeah but when you get get down the track like a year later you're kind of like I've got all this content you know and I want people to go back and listen what if they don't so it kind of that's how it came about was kind of like I just keep making all this content there's got to be a better way to you know have people go back and listen to it um but as far as the time poor marketer go and Rachel I'm sure you will agree with me and it's a really big I get a lot of pushback for this, but the best way, if you are a time poor marketer, the absolute best way to get the best marketing out there quickly is video. Mm, I know. It really do is. a short Sorry, live video, yeah. do a short story video, like 60 seconds to do a post saying the same thing. You have to make like the image and then you have to write the caption. If you're anything like me, then you have to think about the spelling of the caption and run it through spell check because English yeah. was not my best subject. <laughs> uh, I think everyone in my audience and my community has given up correcting me. They're like, Ugh, you know. I have to do Thank it all day you. long. Phone and go and, and you know press record and to do a 60 second video, boom, your content's done for the day. I love that. You know, I was actually I was actually thinking, I want to know if I'm ballsy enough for this, but I'm thinking about maybe making Instagram pretty much just video. Like Ooh, I'm tempted. I, I like I'm that. about it and going, what about if I just committed myself to doing a short video every day for a month? And that's yep. what I Mm-hmm. love so, that thinking about it I haven't committed yeah. but but I think that this is the thing like if you can do video I agree with you it's much quicker and you can always transcribe it yes yeah but if you're sort of sitting there and going, I haven't put a post up all week, but I've got so much to say, pick up the phone and just press record. And I know that that's outside people's comfort zones and video is definitely, you know, 
I I used to be there. And in fact, I still don't like video, but I do it because it's quick, it's easy, and the algorithm loves it. So tick, 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 basically. Um, But you know, it gets easier the more you do it. And I think people would look at even yourself and go, oh, but she's so good at video. But I'm like, yeah, but maybe scroll back two years. Oh, and, okay. And see. So I, I actually did get some training. Um, one of my clients um, a few years ago is a guy called Jason Gunn, who people in New Zealand will know. He's a he used to be a New Zealand television presenter. He's excellent at video. And um, he, he and I did a bit of a swap where I was his client, he was my client. And one of the things that he did is he did an analysis of some of my videos. So I gave him some. And one of the videos I sent him, I am like, I feel like I'm stapled to the wall, but I'm <laughs> leaning forward, shouting and speaking. Like I talk fast anyway, but I'm speaking at about four times the normal rate because I'm so nervous, all this adrenaline's going through. And I'm just like shouting and it's, it's terrible. And he was so gracious and he gave me some really important advice, but I will say that the video I'm doing now isn't even measurable to what I did last year. Like I'm now doing storytelling and, and different features and being able to do things and I'm I'm able to edit and do clips. I wasn't doing that when I started, I was just turning it on and they are terrible, terrible videos but the ones I do today I will think a terrible terrible video in three years time exactly exactly and and for me I guess my moment of truth came when I was in a mastermind program and it was probably going back six or seven years now and probably even longer maybe eight um and we had to do a live video during lunchtime that was our challenge and I remember sitting there with my friend Sam and complaining all lunchtime that I had to do this live (laughs) video and I didn't want to do it and I hate video I'm blah 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 and Sam clearly got quite annoyed with me in the end and he just looked at me he said Jen you look and sound the same on video as what you do here having lunch with me so if you can talk to me why can't you do the video and it was just like this real daunting thing of okay wow that really hurt but it actually makes lots of sense but I can also listen to my podcast and I don't think it sounds like me and clearly it is me because we actually think of ourselves that we like I think I'm a size 10 I'm a size 16 I don't feel that I don't know what a size 16 feels like I feel like I'm not that so I think I'm currently size 20 and I think I'm a size 10 too I'm perpetually getting myself stuck into situations where I can't get through something because I start going no no the body can't fit through that I see I'm claustrophobic I'd never get myself into oh, that no, situation I'm myself into situations like that. so it is interesting though because we do hear like I heard this from someone who said you know why do we look why do we hate the sound of our own voice but it's because the way that we hear our voice inside our heads I think is like a couple of notes different slightly lower than how we actually sound so when we hear ourselves recording back we're hearing the sound that everyone else hears yeah but the way I see it is no one's shrieking in horror when you open your mouth right like when you start talking and even when you walk into a room no one's going oh my gosh please you're gonna kill me you know I always say you can't you know you've never killed a man with your face and I think I think that that is part of this thing is is that structure do you think though like so we talked about doing videos do you think it's partly that people stress about what to talk about yeah I think that 
I, I think a lot of it is they look at other people and think I can't do it that well, so I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And I think what they don't realize is that lots of people who do video have got uh, a script, maybe even, you know, a teleprompter, or they've got sticky notes around their computer that you can't see, or they're doing something like that, that you actually can't see and you think they are doing a great job. They probably think they're doing a terrible job. And this is the hot, the bad thing that happens. Like, you know, um, we think we're doing a bad job. Someone else thinks we're great. And, you know, and then they do a good job and then someone else thinks they're great and they think they're terrible. I don't know. We're just our hardest critic. But I think it yeah. is, we imagine that other people are so much better at this than us when the reality is probably quite different. The reality is maybe they have a teleprompter. The reality is that maybe the thing that you've heard them talk about, they've said 50 times already that day yeah, in exactly. takes and you don't get to see the takes. So they've got a sticky note there that is prompting them. Um, yeah. So we talked about before we started recording, um, you were talking about, you know, you, you're doing reels and, and maybe you should give TikTok a go. One of the things I like about using TikTok, um, and I do this actually as well, just um, if I'm being fancy and I'm going to edit things, but one of the reasons I like using TikTok, and I you can do this on reels, but I find it harder, is if, and this is just a bit of a hack for people that go, oh, you know, you seem like you're telling the story and it seems great. I have a very short memory and I get very waffly very quickly. So what I do is I will I will sometimes spend quite a bit of time writing a good post with with quote with a hook and some content and a call to action. And then what I do is I hit record on TikTok and I just read out like I memorize one line and I deliver it press stop do the next line press stop and then I just go in and kind of trim like the little stop and start bits and it can take takes only takes a couple of minutes but it comes out looking fluent and I th I think you know like sometimes it's just knowing those little hacks mm. makes it easier to understand that you know once you're used to video the next step is you can do that and then you can get fancy and doing what I'm doing now most of the time, which is recording those. And then I go in and do it in, in an editing machine and I do that sort of thing. But I definitely wasn't doing that when I started. Like I would just talk and that was enough. I can't do transitions. Like I can't do those fancy reels. I tried to do one and honestly, it was just the worst embarrassing thing. Like I, I said, halfway through, I lose interest. And I recorded myself losing interest in doing the transition. I can never get my hands. Like people do this thing when they put their hand in the front of the screen. And I'm always like, it never covers my whole body because my body's too bloody round. And so like it doesn't cover everything. And then I pull it back and they're obvious that it's a different thing. And like, I can't do that stuff. Yeah. And you know what? I've still got clients in my videos. Absolutely. Uh, that is the thing at the end of the day. Like when I talk about, you know, video being a really good marketing tactic for the busy person, it's also got to be in line with your goals and video for video's sake is just like any other piece of bad marketing. You've got to align it with the goals, which is clearly to, you know, get some money in the door for most of us and, you know, to get some new clients. So yeah, again, like, you know, you said before, I was talked to you about maybe um, going on to TikTok. Well, I'm going to do some research. Are my clients on TikTok? You know, is that the place for me? You know, just because I'm doing video content and I could do TikTok doesn't mean I should do TikTok. Mm. And I think too, um, I, I think that one of the things that people often stress about, and we talked about this around that time poor marketing, um, I've switched one of the things I used to say, because I'm a I'm a spreader. I like to be on all the platforms. Um, but actually, if you're time poor, focusing on one or two core ones, would you agree is a really good idea? Yeah, one core platform, yeah. one core piece of content every week. 
yeah is for the time poor marketer because you can repurpose the heck out of one good piece of content Mm -hmm. um and and one one platform like one of what am I trying to say (laughs) yeah no it makes it one crucial platform yeah Yeah. so it doesn't mean you aren't on Facebook and Instagram but the content's made for Instagram and shared to Facebook or vice versa or made for LinkedIn and shared to TikTok or whatever that looks like so just one major platform you're creating for because I, I think uh, one of the things I've recently changed with, it'll be interesting to hear, I used to do what you said, which is um, not saying what you said was wrong, by the way, but I used to always say to people, okay, let's work out for your target market, which platform you need to be on, which is not what you're saying. You said you're going to check to see if your, your customers are there. But recently I've gone, let's be honest, every single platform has got some of our target market on it because there's so many. So what I am saying to clients now, and I've done it for myself after doing a year of hating working on Instagram, I still have an Instagram account. I naturally love TikTok. It's statistically it's probably better for me to be on Instagram but I love TikTok so I'm happy to create there and I think what I've been saying to clients is choose the platform you feel most comfortable with and that you feel most at home with and push the boundaries of content creation like video on that platform first and then you can try on the other ones and I don't know would you agree with that or do you tell people a different thing? Look, I, I fundamentally would agree with that. And I guess at the end of the day, you are correct. You are going to find some sort of ideal client on any um, platform. But I do find that if you take something like, I suppose, TikTok, but also Instagram, I come across people that says, like, I don't know Instagram. I don't understand Instagram. I'm not doing Instagram. But yeah, when you dig into sure. who their ideal client yeah. is, it's like, you know, somewhere between 35 and 55 with double income, True. you know, likes Great really great yeah. things, tick, yeah. tick, tick, like, well, that's kind of where they are. It's not yeah. about you. You actually have to be where true. your audience is. So, yeah. but like you say, you are probably going to find some audience, no matter where, what platform you are. Like everyone's on Facebook, really. Like I think 96% of Australia's on Facebook. Are they active on Facebook? that's the other question but of course they're going to be on there it's like the white pages I don't know did you have something equivalent in New Zealand yeah we We don't have white pages anymore but yeah it's like that but yeah I I do I agree with you I think there's a wisdom in in both of those things and and it'd be silly to go oh it's just this platform and not that one and I do think you're right like e-commerce for example I've lost track of how much I've bought from Instagram accounts that are like a fashion brand or something like that on Insta, but I don't think I've bought anything from from those similar brands on Facebook. You know, yeah. I'm definitely buying from as a consumer. I'm buying from Instagram and now TikTok. Mm. Um, and so I agree with you that you have to balance those two things up. Yes, um, and and there is a balance in between. So okay, so we've got like choosing one core platform, focusing on video, um, making sure that you've got one good piece of content a week. Is that that video or do you mean like a blog or a podcast? Could be a blog, could be a podcast, could be a video, anything that is big enough to repurpose so when I say or good enough maybe to repurpose so if it was a video you know it could become a written post it could become a quote card you know and it could become you know something that you spread through Facebook groups just not through your own channels as well so yeah something that can be repurposed so that's I shall ask you about that around the Facebook groups because that's one of the things that I have noticed I've joined a couple of Facebook groups for my own interests And it's really reminded me of the importance of my Facebook group, because now when I go onto Facebook, I'm really just hanging out in groups. Would that Mm. be similar to you? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think um, groups, 
are showing up more and more in our feed, but that's what, you know, the gorgeous suck tells us we should be doing. Uh, he's not gorgeous. Don't like him. Sorry yeah. if you listen to this podcast, suck. You and I uh, aren't and friends. Lisa, we're not affiliated in any way. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, oh, Facebook groups, it, it kind of comes down to that reach out strategy, which I think a lot of small business owners um, skip over is, you know, stop expecting people to find your Facebook page, your Instagram, your TikTok. Like you've got to spend some time on these platforms, reaching out, you know, joining other communities, commenting, liking, touching base with other people to sort of get your name out there and to create that curiosity in others to come back and follow you or see what your content is. But that reach out strategy that's where scheduling sometimes can be its own worst enemy people schedule all this content and then they only time they go back to social media is to schedule more content rather than being there and actually being social on social media so that's quite a good point because if we're talking about being a time poor marketer one of the things that you should prioritize your time in is to actually be interacting in potentially other people's communities like other people's Facebook groups like that would be often I know for me when I started out that being in those groups and using those groups um, was a great way to get leads far better than my own marketing Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and so and and I know also that the length of time of those posts like sometimes I'll get a a inquiry in my inbox or something like that from someone says hey I was in um, like your group is called like-minded people business owners was it was it yeah, like-minded yes. business owners. Like-minded yeah. business owners. And like in that group, for example, someone might post something and then you get an email and saying, hey, I saw this post a couple of years ago about such and such as did a search and I hear that you can use, you know, I can do, I can, um, I, I, I've heard that you can do that and, and can you help me with that? So those posts actually can have quite a long lifetime because they're stuck in that little group and they're easy to search for. Yes. Um, but one of the things I think is that a lot of small business owners post in those those groups in the wrong way to get attention yeah what do okay. you think would be a good way for someone to post to grow trust in who they are and what they're doing if they're in those groups yeah it comes back to that old give 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 ask <laughs> uh, so you know being in there to show your expertise by helping others you know, give and give and give and then eventually when it's your turn to ask to follow you, ask to buy your product, ask, you know, for someone to share some content or spread the word, then they have already built up that trust with you. They know that you're a giver rather than just a taker. Um, you know, if you come into my like-minded business owners group and all you do is take, you won't last long. I will literally either put you on post approval or kick you out. That's not the name of a game. That's not how you are supposed to be on a, in a community. So, uh, and I know that most people who have a Facebook group are very wary of that because it takes a lot to build a Facebook group Um, and therefore you don't want other people coming in and just taking all the work or taking 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 so it is that give 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 us so going in to spread your expertise and to help others uh, is the best way to um, get some good traction out of a Facebook group do you have a regular promo post in your group 
like a bay or something like that yeah I do and in fact just up there on my pin board um there's I belong to quite a few groups and they have hashtag days and so I've actually got a spreadsheet up there that tells me what days are what in what groups so that if I decide to especially for my podcast for instance that's probably my podcast and my blogs are probably the two things that I go in the most for and so I like to know you know when can I talk about my podcast or my blog which are within the rules because I respect how much it takes to grow a Facebook group but I can you know perhaps getting a few more listeners or uh, you know a few more readers through that uh, and then other days there are promo days so if I've got a promo I will go in there um, and you know one day is a meme Monday I love meme Monday yeah, I, do I can too. never find the best one though everyone else is more funny than me <laughs> Oh, can I give you a tip for that? But for, oh, so I do the same thing, by the way. I have them in my Google calendar. So I just have like a thing of these are the days I'm allowed to promo in these groups. And I always say to clients, you know, choose one really good ad value thing a week of all your posts and you can have that. Um, but I recommend you go to Giphy and you create yourself a Giphy account and you create your own gifts. This is what I did. And then you can do some goofy ones. And then when it's me Monday, you can post your own GIF as the name. Ah. That's just next level marketing. Well, thank you. That's a great tip. Yeah. And then it's fun because you can also use them as stickers in your Instagram stories. If you do. Ah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I use my own stickers in my Instagram stories. Every now and again, one of my colleagues, Bree, she used to work for me and she now she's now on her own doing something else. She and I did a whole lot of them at the same time in 2019 or 2020. And she, um, every now and again, I'll be on someone else's story and there's one of her, because she's got great facial expressions. There'll be one of Brie and I'm like, Brie, you're on someone's story. Like, so I've gone and chosen her gift, which is so awesome. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> but it's such a cool thing. So, okay, so what you're saying is like, it's actually a good idea to actually look at the rules and go in and um, even make a note and schedule in and yeah. your post. In terms of the promo post, and because I, I was thinking about this um, before we came on here, because there's uh, one of the groups I'm in, um, Girls in Business, who's run by a great person called um, Ines Curran. She's amazing. And she does an ad Friday. And so I use it like you to my podcast. And I tend to do things that are like adding value or free things in there like a trust building but I quite often see people who just will go um you know uh, I'm not going to use anyone but they're like um I cut people's I cut people's hair here's my Facebook page link or whatever the thing is or it's real pitchy or real like push 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 and it doesn't tell you where they who they serve what they do where they are um so so when we're doing this it's not enough just to post a link is it that's not the no. goal of those promo posts. Like what, what is it that is important to make sure we have in that, that people are going to go, I want to go a bit further. Cause there's lots of other people advertising on that day. So you're yeah. going to now. So it's still a promo post. So you still need the head nod test. Yes. You need the person reading it to start going, oh yeah. I need that or oh yeah that sounds like me you still need that head nod test so just by saying I cut hair here's my number doesn't make me nod my head it's just yes. like you know it just makes me go oh okay and scroll on so you need to sort of still have that hook you still need to have you know that um so the person knows that you're talking to them so you still need to be thinking about who's the person I want to attract with this it's still it's just like any other sales post you still need those elements they might be shorter and sharper I probably wouldn't go into someone's Facebook group and do a 10 paragraph thing like you might have on Instagram with lots of dot points or something (laughs) like that 
<laughs> but you, know, you still need those that hook and you still need people reading it to be nodding their head going, this is for me, or yes, I understand, um, or yes, that's exactly how I feel, see, know, whatever. And if it's something that is location-based, have in your first line something like um, calling or farming woman in rural Victoria or yes. calling or so that at least the first line people can quickly filter and go, that's me or it's not me moving on, right? Yeah. So that really make it obvious if you're location-based, make it obvious that that's what you're talking about. Yeah, there's a couple of groups that I'm in. I don't post in them, but I'm in them because I like to watch how other people build groups and do marketing. And they're actually starting to um, offer uh, paid posts. So they interesting. Like for $20 or something like they will pin you to the top of the group for 24 hours, uh, you know, with the post of your choice. So you write the post and then they pin it to the top. Um, and so again, like they're trying to monetize their communities, which I think again is a great idea. It takes a lot to build a group. Like my big group, Buy from a Bush Business, that has 360,000 people in it, it's a free Facebook group, but I pay two admins to admin that because it's too big it's for right. me to do on my own so I'm actually paying for a, for everyone else to advertise for free um, it's kind of crazy. So, <laughs> so you know obviously we do have VIPs and things like that so some people pay and they get extras but others don't but again it's kind of like how can you monetize these communities at the right time mm -hmm. um, for like-minded business owners it's not the right time yeah, it's interesting because um, I've just hired a publicist for my book um, because I realized I couldn't do it myself. And one of the things she said to me was, you know, have you approached Facebook groups to see if they would look and talk about your book? And I said, like, oh, yeah, a few. And she goes, what about ones that you will pay to be part of that thing? And I was like, what? And she <laughs> said that. She said the bigger communities, like if you get a really big group, you know, ask, you know, do you want me, could I pay to have my book promoted in your group? Mm. And I was like, it's so weird as a marketer that I hadn't even thought about. It. I said to her, this is why, you know, it's really important for marketers to use other marketers who are specialists because <laughs> I don't know how to market a book. I know how to market a business and it's a very different thing. Mm. Um, but yeah. that's opened my eyes to that, of the idea of, you know, offering to even going to somewhere and saying, oh, look, I'm happy to pay for it. And offering that is actually kind of a cool concept that I hadn't thought about before because if yeah. it's a target market and they're this group and community why wouldn't you it's it's better than putting an ad in the paper sorry for print magazines <laughs> <laughs> you know lower cost more engagement you can ask questions directly they can talk to you but you also get the stats. That's what I love about digital marketing. Yes. Like the stats are there. Uh, they can tell you the distribution of magazines and old newspapers, but they can't actually, you know, show you the actual stats. They're only guesstimates. That is very best. true. That is the benefit of using digital. Mm. Okay, so we've got start with video. We've got, I'm impressed I'm making this list in my head. Start with video. Um, choose one core platform. You can use other platforms, but choose one core platform for time poor. Definitely investigate being a cuckoo and using other people's groups on Facebook and using that and commenting on other people's posts can really help. Um, so that can really help. Um, so, th I mean, those are three really key things. Is there anything else that you'd say for people who are time poor marketers of other things that they just need to really get sorted? Something we spoke about, and I think it was off air, right in a bit. Oh, no, I Probably. don't think it was off air. I think it was in the podcast. Oh, <laughs> I can't quite remember. Um, networking. 
Like, you know, it's as simple as that as a marketing tactic or a marketing strategy for someone who's time poor, you know, what can you do to get out there and do more networking, whether that be online or offline? I guess that comes into Facebook groups, but um, like real life networking or Zoom networking or something like that. I think it's a really good low cost um, and an excellent form of marketing Especially in your, like, especially in rural or, or suburban areas where, you know, in, in urban areas, I think often people are quite busy and there's this always extra noise. But because in relational areas, if you're a local based business too, that networking cannot be underplayed of how important it is. No, no, you never know where your next lead's coming from or your next referral is coming from. Uh, Jen, this has been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. This is so good. Um, if people want to get hold of you, what, what do they need to do to find you? So you can come and listen to the Small Business Made Simple podcast. Well, yeah, that would be lovely. And you can go back and hear Rachel and I chatting on my podcast and get more of our dulcate tones. Yes. Um, so <laughs> my website is socialmediaandmarketing.com.au. Otherwise, come and find me on um, Instagram at Jen Donovan and underscore because I lost it. <laughs> it's perfect I underscore yeah I'm going to put make sure the links of all of those things in the show notes it's, it's been a huge pleasure do you want me to put a link if I can do it um to your two Facebook groups as well in case people want to yeah. do those because one's for businesses and then the other ones for rural businesses specifically in Australia so both of those are bigger ones for them to come and be part of yeah, absolutely. That'd be brilliant. And now okay. the world's opening back up, you know, that, uh, you know, the, especially the Buy From Bush business group can, you know, post around the world. The aeroplanes are back in the sky. Oh, yeah, so that'd be great. But we're yes. on a flight path and every now and again, I'm like, what is that noise? And I'm like, I have yeah. two years and it's just coming across. That's weird. Yes. Yeah. We're on a flight path, like obviously in rural Australia, but the whites, um, the white trails that all the aeroplanes oh, leave, it's like, yeah. oh, they're back in the sky. We haven't seen no, them. Before. It's so interesting. Eh? It's fascinating seeing the way the world is reborning, reborning, rebirthing. My gosh. Sorry. <laughs> I, I can't finish the podcast on that. That was terrible. Sorry, everybody. Everyone was like, oh my gosh. Um, so yeah. So thank you so much. Um, I'm yeah, I'm really looking for this coming out and um, I really appreciate that you came. Uh, my pleasure. Thank you. So great to chat. I love how Jen kept it really real when talking about the marketing that you should be doing every month and how you can then break it down and use it to create a pile of content. Here's one thing I've really learned from working with my coaching clients in the Content Master Web and also just working with many small business clients like Jen does. It's often not the problem that there isn't anything to write about. It's about having a structure in place that makes the be all and end all of having great content. So sometimes it's a matter of sitting down and creating a lovely little structure that will help you create a pattern and a routine and a rhythm to make that content flow easily and abundantly. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Jen. If you'd like to talk about anything in this podcast, do come along and be part of the Map It Marketing Facebook group where you can ask questions. You can always ask questions in there about anything in marketing and I or other people in the group will help you. And if you like this podcast, please do check out a couple of other episodes and be sure to subscribe. And if you really, 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 really want to make my day, you could also give us a review as well. I hope you have a great week and I'll see you next week. If you love what you heard today, be sure to hit subscribe. And if you love this episode in particular, I'd love it if you shared it on social media. Remember to tag me in so I can say thank you. 
Have a great week and we'll talk soon.